Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The rising cost of food, furniture, and travel is making everyday living a little tougher. And inflation is also pushing the cost of borrowing money up, putting car and home purchases out of reach for many people. Economists are divided on how long it will last and whether things might get worse. In the meantime, there are some financial tools to think about to help you and your family weather the worst of the economic challenges. We're going to get a better understanding of inflation and what it means for you. Coming up right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland vows to continue to investigate U.S. Indian boarding schools and support healing efforts for tribal communities impacted by intergenerational trauma caused by the schools. Many students faced physical, mental, spiritual, and sexual abuse, and many students did not make it back home. Holland testified Wednesday before the U.S. Senate Committee on Indian Affairs on the findings of the first part of her federal Indian boarding school initiative, which she announced last June. A report released in May found there were 408 schools across the U.S. from 1819 to 1969, and about 59 marked or unmarked burial sites identified. Boarding school policies focused on cultural assimilation and the forced removal and relocation of Native children. Holland says as the investigation continues, the next step is to gather testimony, find support for healing and resources for language and culture programs. I recently announced that we will embark on the road to healing, a tour throughout the nation to hear directly from survivors and descendants about their experiences. A necessary part of this journey will be to connect survivors and their families with mental health support and to create a permanent collection of oral histories. We know this won't be easy, but it is a history that we must learn from if we are to heal from this tragic era in our country. The hearing also focused on Indian boarding school legislation, which would create a commission to help locate and analyze records and hold culturally appropriate hearings. Sandra Whitehawk, board president of the National Native American Boarding School Healing Coalition, was among a panel of Native leaders to testify in support of the legislation. It will open up uh, wounds, but in order for us to heal, we need to air out those wounds and replace them with the medicines that we have within our ceremonies and with our songs, along with uh, our mental health professionals that can help us as well. But most importantly, what was taken from us, which is our songs, our life ways, that it will bring the healing when our wounds are open from that. Uh, there was an elder that was one of my teachers, my most influential teachers in my life, and he said, we are a people that are well acquainted with grief. And I've watched and, and seen that as we've gone into communities and listened to experiences and watched healing take place. Senators on the Indian Affairs Committee, including Chair Brian Schatz, committed to continue to push the boarding school legislation forward and to help find appropriations. Leaders of an indigenous community in Sonora, Mexico, have banned outside tour operators from bringing in visitors. Instead, they're asking tourists to arrange visits directly with members of the community. From the Fronteras desk, KJZZ's Kendall Blust reports. 
The Komkak New Year, the community's most important celebration, is coming up at the end of this month. And ahead of what's often a popular tourist event, leaders are asking visitors to directly contract boat rides, lodging, and other services with members of the community. El enemigo es el trato desigual. Alberto Mellado, who represents the tribe with the municipal government, says the request comes after years of abuse by outside tour operators that increases the marginalization of his community. He says those businesses charge tourists significant sums of money to bring them to Comcock territory, but little if any of that money goes to members of the community. He says the Comcock Nation wants tourists to visit, but is opposed to the benefits of those visits disproportionately going to outsiders who take advantage of the beautiful land and seascapes that Comcock people have protected for millennia. I'm Kendall Blust in Hermosillo. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, working to ensure tribal colleges and universities are included in our higher education system. Information on 37 tribal colleges and universities at AIHEC.org. Support by the Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce's Convention and Tourism Department, providing complete convention and visitor planning services to Hispanic and Native American conventions. Information on convention and tourism services at ahcnm.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Seems like prices of everything are going up. In a handful of places, the price of a gallon of gas is higher than the federal minimum wage. The cost of groceries, rent, and home loans are all going up too. It can be difficult for families and individuals to make ends meet. In March, our show about inflation focused on the causes of inflation and recent supply chain issues. You can listen back to the March 24th show on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we want to focus on how folks can stretch their dollars during difficult times. We're talking about budgeting, using credit, and supplemental income. We also want to hear from you. Are you and your family having a harder time making ends meet? Are financial resources available in your tribal community to assist with the rising cost of living? We're speaking with financial gurus today who have expertise working in Native communities. They're going to tell us how to make the most of our dollars and cents. Join our conversation with your questions and comments, 1-800-996-2848. It's the Native America Calling Money Show, coming at ya. Our first guru, Sonny Guillory, is the Financial Literacy Coordinator at Northwest Indian College in Bellingham, Washington. She is Standing Rock Sioux. Sonny, we've been friends a long time. It's great to have you on the show. Good morning. Thank you, Sean, for inviting me to be part of this segment. Um, where you're talking about ways families can stretch their money and also with the rising cost of, like you mentioned, the, the gas expense has gone up significantly, food costs. And so Absolutely. with a lot of our families, yes, a lot of the families that we've been working with, um, we've actually um, had conversations just about ways that people have tried to manage their rising gas costs. And I always 
find it really interesting. It's like our families already have a lot of tips and ideas that, you you know, as in trainers or instructors, we learn from. And so one of the tips that I had received recently is um, a family, they use Gas Buddy app, which is like a app that you can put on your phone. And so if you're looking for the cheapest gas within your zip code or your area, you could actually pull up for that particular day rather than driving to each gas station trying to figure out where, where can I get the cheapest cost. Um, the Gas Buddy app already has most gas stations um, gas cost, whether it's premium, you know, it even goes based on what level, what type of, are you doing the premium, are you doing a lower grade? So it's kind of interesting, and I've, I've used the Gas Buddy. I mean, just this morning I was looking at where I could get the cheapest cost for um, if I was to fill up my vehicle. Another tip that somebody had offered or suggested is if a family is really on a tight budget, it depends on where you're located, but some families, they will use like a prepaid card or like here locally, we'll, a lot of our families shop at Fred Meyer and they will come up with like a gas budget. So for the next two weeks, my gas budget is going to be $100. And so um, they'll actually use that prepaid gift card to fill up their tank. And throughout the week, you know, that's a way for them to actually put money aside specifically for their gas costs. Okay, versus, so Sonny, what you're um, saying, I'm sorry, Sonny, so so the the way they do it is they, all of the money that they intend to spend on gas, that goes on that prepaid card. And then once they max that out, that's it. They're, they're, they're done. They know that's how much they can spend on gas. Is that how it works? Yes, yes. And then um, because oftentimes, you know, you talk to families and you might ask, you know, what are some of the pitfalls or challenges or struggles that you might go through? And if you have a family that is like spending, using debit card, um, withdrawing money at the ATM, you know, you could go through your cash pretty quick, your bank account if you're not tracking what you're spending. But as soon as they get paid or as soon as they receive their income for the month, they will actually just put that money directly on a card. And that card is specifically for gas only. I like that. That's a really cool tip because it, it kind of reminds me of that old school method of using the envelope system where you just put X number of dollars into specific envelopes for for gas or for food or for rent and things like this. It's kind of a more tech-friendly way to do that with the debit, debit cards. Sonny, can you help put this whole issue in perspective for us? Just how much more expensive are things today than a few years ago? So um, I've been, <clears throat> we've been kind of asking, you know, some of the families through the pandemic, you know, what are some of the challenges that they faced or, and one of the family was talking, they were sharing that, you know, two years ago, I could take $100, I could go to town, you know, buy maybe four or five bags of groceries, um, go through a drive through fill up my tank. And they said, now, if I have $100, I might go to town and maybe get three bags of groceries. I have to skip, you know, the uh, drive-through and I am have just barely enough money just to fill up the tank. And so we've kind of been um, taking a closer look at, you know, just using the $100 bill, like how far does that really go in today's, you know, economy compared to like two years ago. And so our um, the buying power is not the same as what it used to be before the pandemic and so a lot of families are really having to tighten up their budget and finding ways in which they can cut back 
And so one thing that I've been working with with my children is having them actually record their actual expenses. I know people say, oh, I might spend about this much a week. And I, and I tell my kids, I'm like, no, actually write it down. Or on your phone, you could actually just write it in your notepad. Every single expenditure you have for the day, whether it's a coffee, a snack, a Gatorade, um, a music download, you know, anything that you're purchasing for that particular day, just write it down. And then they get an idea of what are they actually spending day to day, week to week, and then for the month. After one month of spending, I'm having my kids reevaluate. So if you were to go back into some of those expenditures, what are some of those things that you actually needed? And what are some of those expenditures that you could have done without? Or is there a cheaper option? And so I think that's one way families can really start looking at trying to get back on track is, you know, record their actual expenses. Or if you have family who's like, I need to do something right now today, they can print their last three months of expenditures from their checking or savings and go through and just highlight, you know, what of all my expenses, like the last three months, which one are actually needs. And then with a different highlighter, these expenditures are, you know, not necessary, but maybe even luxury expenses. I probably, I probably could have done without, mm. you know, and just, just kind of highlight through and really reassess or evaluate your spending because I feel like a lot of our families, you know, I don't know if they are aware of their spending habits or they may not even be aware of their cash flow. So where is your money going week, week by week or month by month? And so okay, that's so tracking. One. Yeah, yeah. And that's really helpful tracking expenses. And it sounds like uh, the organization and, and record keeping skills are, are really critical to, to making this all work. Tracking expenses, knowing where your money's going every week, every month. Let's bring another voice into our conversation now. We have a guru, another guru, Carrie Shaby is the Business Development Coordinator at Montana Native Growth Fund. She is Aani and Nakoda, and she's based in Hayes, Montana. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I just kind of wanted to go through some of the helpful tips. Um, a lot of our uh, borrowers are kind of having a difficult time right now with the inflation and uh, the prices of gas because we live in, you know, such a rural state, you know, you have to travel, you know, 60 to 80 miles to the nearest, like, grocery store. Um, we do have a small gas station here in town, but, or we do actually have two, and they, they carry a few groceries, but what we try to have our borrowers understand is, um, you know, some of the markups that they have to make, you know, as a business owner at our mm -hmm. local get, um, at grocery stores. And, you know, they're kind of having a hard time, you know, grasping that concept just because, you know, our our uh, small businesses want to have that, um, you know, they want to give them the ne uh, necessities that's, that they need at their, at their store. But, you know, they, they have to buy in bulk and they have to go through the whole, you know, markup and, uh, you know, the PPI of everything and, <laughs> um, you know, of yeah, the industry. Sounds... 
Right. And, and I, I think, you know, for folks that live in, in more remote communities, such as, as where you're at up there in Fort Belknap, I mean, they might not have a lot of options for where to buy groceries and gas, like you described. And, and some of these smaller family-owned or community-owned businesses, they do tend to have higher prices. So what are some tips that some folks can can utilize when shopping locally? They want to support local, you know, native-owned businesses, but they are probably going to have to pay a little bit more, right, than if they, they drive to town somewhere and go to a Walmart or something. Yep, and that's, and that's what I try to teach in our um, our. Uh, financial empowerment classes is um, I kind of do like a little exercise with the economy, you know, like, like showing them the benefits of, you know, building our economy and buying local. And um, I just kind of give them, uh, you know, like different ideas on, you know, how to save money. How much money are you actually spending going to town and spending, you know, like you're paying for gas, you're going to the drive-through. You're, um, you know, right, right, because even even, after- uh, they might save money. I'm sorry, they might save money by going to Walmart, but if if they have to spend twenty bucks in gas to get there and back or more, they're not necessarily saving that much money, perhaps. So. Carrie Shaby with a lot of good tips, a lot of good information. We're going to get some more information from Carrie, but right now we have to take a short break. Give us a call, 1 800 996 2848. Native America Calling Money Show today. We're talking all about managing household expenses during inflation, and we will be right back after this break. Throughout history, the colors Native Americans used in weavings, pottery, and regalia carried tradition and meaning. Many times they relied on the materials available to make them. We'll get the full picture of what colors mean and where they come from on the next Native America Calling. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian Country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian Country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A M E R I N D.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. We're breaking down budgeting tips and taking stock of financial resources during inflation. How are you currently budgeting? Do you have any money tips? We want to hear them. 1-800-996-2848 or 1-800-99-NATIVE. We are speaking right now with Carrie Shaby and Carrie There at Montana Native Growth Fund, you folks are a community development financial institution. So you provide lending services there on the Fort Belknap Reservation. Let's talk a little bit more about what folks uh, need to understand about borrowing right now. Is inflation having an impact on how much we pay for car loans, home mortgages, and other types of credit? Uh, Yes, they are. Our... um... Our interest rates haven't gone up, but with the other one, um, you know, like if you're not borrowing with the CDFI or 
I should say, a native uh, CDFI. Um, they have gone up to three to four percent. Um, if you kind of take a look at the at the interest rates at your local banks, uh, the traditional banks, they are um, they are pretty high right now. Um, an example is so my brother went to our local uh, car our car dealership here in Haver and, uh, you know, just to kind of see what his options are uh, trading in his vehicle and the interest rates have gone up and uh, his uh, interest rate right now is at a 3%. And if he would go and get a new vehicle, it would be about a 6 to 7%. So he was like, well, it looks like I'm kind of keeping this. <laughs> this truck for a while so just kind of <laughs> take a look at those and um you know make sure that you're making those uh those good decisions our okay, so um consumer loans go ahead carrie i'm sorry consumer loans sorry can you okay. hear me yeah, yeah, I can hear you. So it, it sounds like like maybe hold off on some of these purchases. I mean, what you just described, uh, some of these auto loan rates have have basically doubled in the last right. few months or, or year or so. So, yeah, just hang on to that that old ride. <laughs> maybe maybe put some new seat covers on it, replace the tires, and and just just hang in there. Maybe if if rates go down a little bit or. Or uh, maybe you get a good deal on a used car somewhere else from a friend or a family member. That might be maybe the best option. Carrie, thanks for that background. We're going to have some more questions for you. But we have another guru on our show today, also from Montana. In Great Falls, Montana is Summer Red. She is the Education Senior Manager at the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. Some are lots of financial literacy pros up in big sky country. What do you folks put in the water up there? Uh, we have a lot of people who are in need and so a lot of people who want to help. And Montana is very much a can-do and help support each other to help themselves spirit. All right. Well, we like to hear that. Summer, food costs, do they take up a big chunk of a household's monthly income? Yes. So uh, on average in the United States, food is about 9% of a household's budget. And often for lower income families, it's significantly higher than that. So food can be a really big factor. And um, as Carrie pointed out here in Montana, there's a lot of people in rural, rural areas where getting to food can be a challenge. Um, one of my tips actually is, yes, if you can buy local, that's great because uh, it's not $20 for gas. I went to Helena where we have uh, Costco, so it's a, it's a larger bulk store. And to get there and back was almost $50 in gas, which was eye-opening. Wow. Um, but what I did in that circumstance, which I encourage people to do if they do want to go and maybe take advantage of bulk shopping, is to be collaborative. So uh, if you have several people in your neighborhood who may need to get supplies and maybe all need the same sorts of supplies, maybe you get a ginormous bag of flour or box of toilet paper, you know, work together where you have one or two people who actually does the shopping, chip in for gas so that everybody's splitting that cost. I took a phone with uh, to Helena with me. And so we both spent $25, which is a total of $50 savings if she had taken a separate trip. And um, then you also have that opportunity to take advantage of those bulk discounts. 
So again, if you can shop local, that is the best. But if you need to have some of those items that aren't available locally or just completely unaffordable locally, this could be an option too. Summer, coupons, are they worth the hassle? Uh, for me personally, no. But I will say it kind of depends on the coupons and the availability of where you are. So I try as much as possible um, to buy like produce. Produce doesn't usually have coupons. Um, but I will also say produce has increased less in price than most meat products. So that's another way you can also be selective in your shopping. If you are going to buy a lot of meat, you buy produce instead, try to try some vegetarian dishes, and that can help bring your costs down. If you are going to do coupons, make sure that you are going to stores that will honor them. Um, some stores will even honor other stores' coupons. Not often, but for in areas with a high competition, that's an option too. Um, but it also depends on what you buy. If there's someone who buys a lot of the more processed foods, you might find more coupons that work for you. I know here at my house, we've been, when the pandemic started, we started buying a lot more generics. And it wasn't just to save money. Some of it was because there were so many products that weren't available, name brand products that just weren't in the, on the shelves. Um, any tips for how to make the most of generic products? Uh, so I will say to folks, most generic products are actually created by the same companies that make name brand products. Um, there's actually not a ton of companies that make their own products. Usually there's like few manufacturers like for batteries. It's like three manufacturers in the entire continent who make batteries. So no matter what brand you buy, probably made by the same manufacturers. So keep an eye out for um, opportunities for generic products. And many of them are going to be the exact same quality. And I will also say this can be where sales can come into play because sometimes generic or store brand products will also be on sale for like a 10 for 10 sale. And it might be an opportunity for canned and you know shelf products or shelf foods to buy in bulk and they'll keep over time. They're not going to expire right away. Also, speaking of expiration dates, uh, most products, their expiration date has nothing to do with food safety and there's no regulation anywhere about what those dates have to be connected to. Uh, so you don't necessarily need to throw something away the moment it expires. There's actually some websites out there that will give you uh, information on how long most foods will last after their expiration date, even fresh foods. Uh, eggs, for example, my eggs often will go longer than the expiration date. Um, and that's the same okay. is true for canned foods too. So don't feel like you have to throw it out right away. Summer, you need to come over to my house and, and help me talk to my wife about this because we're always uh, arguing about that. As soon as it's mm -hmm. like even close to the expiration date, she's like freaking out and saying, nah, it's good, it's good, don't worry about it. So, okay, this is really helpful. So we, yeah, we can just kind of, some of these, some of these expiration dates sounds like we can just disregard. So Summer, what are some other tips? I mean, you talked about carpooling to, to get groceries and, and being creative at the supermarket. What else can we do? Again, these prices are just out of control. Holy cow. And it's all across the board. If it's not gas, it's, it's food at the grocery store, uh, rent, or if, if people have apartments, everything's just sky high. So this is one of the areas where it's a good time to go back to basics with finances. So one of the things I actually did uh, in the last, 
I was about two weeks ago, is actually, so I work for an organization that has financial counselors. And so I actually spoke to a financial counselor, even though I am one. Sometimes having that external uh, feedback can be really helpful. And I found it amazingly helpful to talk about my budget and what was really important in my budget and where there might be wiggle room that I hadn't considered and what areas are really essential and what areas, you know, maybe could be cut a little bit. And uh, I would just say if anybody's interested in financial counseling, you, we actually do have free counseling. It's at findandafc.org, findandafc.org. Anyway, for anybody who's interested to talk to a counselor, it's free and it's virtual. But there's also a lot of counselors you know, in need of communities. And so look to your local CDFIs. They could probably connect you to someone to provide financial education or counseling. But get that help from a professional who can maybe help you shore up your finances and help set you up for like that long-term financial success even with these challenges today. Summer, thanks for the, for those resources, financial counseling, and then all these tips as well. And I'm definitely gonna remember that one about the expiration dates. We've got another personal finance guru on our show today. And joining us from Eagle Butte, South Dakota is Cora May Haskell. She is a retiree from Four Bands Community Fund, another Native American community development financial institution. Cora May, welcome to the show. Hello, Bruce. How are you doing, John? Cora May, I'm doing great. And I know you retired last year from a distinguished career as an asset development coordinator at Four Bands, but I'm sorry, we couldn't let you get away that easily. You've got too much knowledge and experience. We had to bring you back on the show today for an encore. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I just I, I wanted to comment on um gas prices because um, I just heard the other day this little comment about gas prices are causing health issues. It says now that the CDC is now re um, recommending that you wear a face mask over your eyes when you're pumping gas to prevent heart attacks. Oh my God. A face mask over your eyes. Why exactly? What's the connection there? I'm not clear. When you're pumping gas, because of the price, it could cause a heart attack when you see how much oh, it's going to cost. Oh, duh. Okay. All right. I'm a little slow. <laughs> Sean's a little slow today. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Oh, you got me good. You got me good. That was paybacks for making you come on the show today, right? Is that how it works, Cormay? <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of gas prices, I mean... Cormay, you're up in, in South Dakota. Sonny is originally from South Dakota. Carrie and Summer up in Montana. I mean, you folks up there, big sky country, northern place, you drive a lot. Places are, are far apart. They're spread out. Other than putting a, a, a blindfold on when you're at the gas pump, what are some other things folks can do, especially in, in native communities where, where you've got to drive to get places? What, what can we do to save on these transportation costs? Okay, I do have a few tips that uh, I, I acquired uh, through an email, and it's kind of interesting. The fact that when you you buy or fill up um, your car, you know, it's best to do it in the morning, they say, because the ground temperature is still cold. And the, the pump or the tanks, you know, are underground. Because the colder the ground is, the more dense the gasoline. And it gets warmer as gasoline the gasoline will expand, and it causes... Um, expansion in the in the tank. So buying in the afternoon or evening your gasoline is not exactly a gallon per gallon that you're getting. Okay. So they're that early. 
All right, Cormier, I don't, I don't know whether I, I should believe you or if this is like hokey pseudoscience with regard to like pressure. And after this whole thing with the, with the, with the face mask, I'm not sure if I can believe. So you're saying fill up in the morning and, and your, 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 your dollar will stretch further at the gas pump, right? Because of the pressure? Right, right. Because of the, the otherwise the, the gasoline expands during the heat of the day and you don't get as much uh, gallon for gallon that you should be getting. All right. Well, it's, I mean, it's worth a try. Worth yeah. a try. It'll, it'll also be a, a good excuse to get up earlier in the morning and, and beat the lines at the gas pumps. I know where, where I live, it's usually, that's usually the slowest time at the gas station. You don't have to wait as long. So, Cormay, in addition to some of these tips, the blindfold and getting up early and pumping gas, you know what the pandemic letting up? I know a lot of later families are, are looking forward to finally taking a summer vacation. So any tips for an affordable summer getaway this year? Uh, I recommend staying close to home. Find something that you can do as a family closer to home so that you don't have to spend so much on gas. Um, You'd be surprised if you look around your area what you could do for a vacation. Go fishing, go camping. Anything that doesn't cost a lot of money would probably be my best suggestion. Or uh, Take a good book and read it and pretend like you're there. Just think mm. that trying not to travel so much is going to be the best best that there is for the price of gas. Okay. So even folks that are really itching to get out, you know, it's been, what, two and a half years since the lockdowns first started. I know a lot of folks were really looking forward to, to a summer vacation. So maybe just stay a little closer to home, camping, fishing, especially up where you're at, Coromay. There's just so many cool things to do in South Dakota. You don't have to travel far to see that stuff, do you? No, no, really you don't. You know, it's like from where we're at, from one end of the state to the other, you can go, you know, three, 400 miles and you're there. So there's a lot of beautiful state parks and, and places to fish. One of the cheaper recreations that there are. Mm-hmm. Coramay, we heard Carrie talking about some of these much higher interest rates on loans and other types of credit. And um, she mentioned her brother interested in buying a car and just didn't think it made sense with the higher interest rates. So what's your thought on that? Anybody out there that's interested in buying a car this year, and maybe they can't afford to hold up. Maybe they got a car that's really kind of winding down and it's, it's really on its last leg. What can they do if they're if they're in the market to buy a car this year? How can they save a little bit of money? Uh, I I really don't I really don't know. I I would not be one that would be going out trying to find a car right now. First of all, they're so scarce, so the prices of them have really went up, and now the interest rate went up. So it's going to be very difficult to um, get a car payment. You know that that's halfway decent that doesn't take your whole paycheck purchase so i i i would say if they absolutely have to maybe find a good used car rather Mm -hmm. than a new car um i know that sometimes they don't get the length of uh uh, terms on those used cars but they may get a cheaper interest rate because that's about you know something that they're trying to push to get off their lot they have no new cars okay i I guess not to go for the new ones at least right now 
You hear some dealers are even charging prices over sticker price because there are just so few cars available. Summer, we're going to have to take a break in about another minute, but could you provide any tips or ideas for how to go car shopping during these inflation, this period of high inflation? Are you talking to me? Uh, I was asking Summer. I wanted her just to chime in as well. Can you hear me now? Yes, Summer. We got about 30 seconds before we have to take a break. If you could share some ideas. Really quickly. Corey May is completely correct about the gasoline. It's sold by volume, not weight. You do actually get more if it's colder. Um, That said, the key about car shopping when rates are high is to shop around. Do your research ahead of time. Do not walk into a dealership and walk out with a car, if at all possible. You want to plan because the more of a plan they have, the more research you've done, the more you understand about the prices and what you can afford, and you need to decide that for yourself ahead of time, the better chance of getting a car within that price range. Well, listeners, if you've got a question or a comment, 1-800-996-2848. That is the number. we got personal finance gurus on the show, and they've got a lot of experience working in Native communities, and they are here to answer your questions. So give us a call. We'll be right back after this break. Support by the American Indian College Fund, providing millions of dollars of scholarships to Native students every year. Applications are accepted through May 31st at collegefund.org or by phone at 800-766-FUND. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about stretching your dollar today. If you have a comment or question about managing household expenses, you can still join the conversation. Call us now, 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. Let's take it back to Sonny Guillory there at Northwest Indian College. And Sonny, earlier you talked about tracking expenses and identifying which ones are wants and which ones are needs. And I heard a cool tip a while back to help balance wants and needs. And and what the tip says is that before making a purchase, you think to yourself, how will I feel about this purchase in 10 minutes? How will I feel about it in 10 days? How will I feel about it in 10 years? Kind of help you just put it into perspective. Uh, does stuff like that work, Sunny? Little tips like that, do you think? Um, I believe that a lot of families, if they could learn to be more thoughtful about their purchases versus being impulsive, I feel like you're more likely to make um, better decisions when you're actually looking at buying something. Um, the other thought I always have with families is, you know, of course, before you go into the grocery store to do your grocery shopping, you want to go on a full stomach. I don't know if anybody can relate to it where, you know, you're making a trip to town. So when I was living back home, we would drive to Bismarck and maybe you didn't eat breakfast or you didn't eat before you actually headed to town. And once you're up there, it's anything and everything sounds good at that moment. <laughs> I would tell families, you know, if you could put some thought into it, I mean, you're definitely going to make smarter choices. And you'll. And I would encourage families also to do the comparison 
shopping, you know, look at the unit price, you know, are you really getting, you know, the better deal by going with like, say the store brand versus, because sometimes, you know, uh, brand food, if it is on sale, you might be getting it cheaper, say, versus just always going with the store brand, but it's doing that com- our unit comparison shopping. But I have a couple of tips I wanted to share. I think um, one thing that, you know, working with um, college students and maybe some young parents, young parents with young children, um, we were kind of talking about some of the things that, you know, on their grocery list that they have a hard time justifying or, you know, we want to eat more fruit or we want to eat more vegetables, but if I don't use it, it just goes to waste and it ends up, you know, I end up just wasting money. And so one tip or idea that I had for the college students is, you know, I have little kids and they'll ask for bananas, you know, I want strawberries, I want grapes, whatever. And after maybe they might eat the first couple bananas off the bunch, but then I noticed the rest of the bananas are getting a little dark spots on it, kind of going overly ripe. And so what I've done is we actually will just peel the bananas, break them into little pieces, and then put them in a Ziploc freezer bag and throw them in my freezer. And then later when my kids are, you know, asking for a smoothie or they want something, you know, if they want something, a snack, like before they go to bed or, you know, something, we're like, hey, you know what, I have those frozen bananas that we've been putting in the freezer bag. We just make smoothies or something. Um, and grapes freeze the same way. They freeze well. Strawberries. So if you have produce that you buy and it's just about ready to go bad, don't toss it. If it gets a little bit overly mm. ripe, throw it in your freezer. Um, another thought is I know a lot of families, they might make soups or stock for some of their meals. And some people will say, well, once I'm done eating the soup, you know, we have all this stock that's left over and I just feel bad just throwing it away. And I'm like, why don't you take the soup stock and put it into like small containers and freeze it? And I said, and then you can repurpose it for another meal. And they're like, why don't know, you just like totally blew my mind to even think about that there are ways in which we can, you know, versus looking at a food item as, oh, we've had a good meal and now we have all this soup stock left over. What are we going to do with it? And so, um, mm-hmm. I also encourage families to do meal planning, meal prep, pack lunch for work. I know when my kids were playing sports, I didn't have time to pick them up from school, go home, get a snack, and run to basketball or football practice or whatever it was. So what I used to do is I would just pack a cooler in the back of my car, and it would have our like a container of pretzels, Capri Suns. I had uh, water in my back, you know. At any given time, I'm picking my kids up from school. I'm like, just jump in the back and grab something. And so we'd always have a cooler. We always had snacks on the road. And now that we're getting to that point where people are really trying to be savvy with their money, um, that might be another option for families is starting to pack the cooler and starting to be um, more intentional about, you know, planning versus being impulsive, like you said. I think I think that's a great strategy, and I really like your tip about about the fruit, especially the bananas, because bananas they spoil so fast, and, and we buy them all the time, and and, and so often a banana's got that sweet spot; it's perfect for like a day, and then it's overripe, and that's it. So putting them in the freezer like that, and, and getting that extended life, that is really really helpful. Cora May, I, I want to ask you because we've been talking a lot about 
grocery shopping and, and how to, to make our, our dollars stretch there at the supermarket. But, you know, a lot of folks like myself, we enjoy eating out too. Corman, any tips for, for how to save costs when going out to restaurants? Um, I, I just think anytime that you go out to eat, it's going to be expensive. You can't even go through the drive throughs anymore without costing you $20, $30. But um, I guess shop around a little bit. If you want to go out and eat once in a while, they probably try to find the most economical restaurant or something. But for us, it's, you know, not, not very many places where you can go in and have a sit-down meal. So... Um, most of the time, it's a drive-through, and mm-hmm. then we go out of town, and that gas is getting pretty pricey for that. Yeah, That's- it is, and and I certainly agree. Like when I when I go through the drive-throughs and I, I see the costs at, at restaurant, they've all gone up a lot too, like everything else. And Carrie, what about you? What are your thoughts uh, on, on going out to eat, fast food? Or what about even shopping? I know some people buy their groceries online. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I guess it does for some people. Um, for some people, they say that it it helps with the impulse buying. So, like, if you're if you're gonna, you know, go to the nearest Walmart or, um, you know, Kroger or like like Albertsons or something like that. They do have the pickup orders now, and I know a few people that have um, have been doing that because it helps with the impulse buying. You know, like you're going to go into the grocery store, and I think I think Sunny's the one that went through that um, that tip. Mm-hmm. But uh, just going into the grocery store, like I know if I take my kids, you know, it's you know, mom, can I get this? Mom, can I get that? And you know, there's impulse buying right there. Not only that, but Walmart, you know, puts everything out in the front. So you're, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, you know, Carrie, and, and I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I'm in the same boat. I've I've got a young child too, and and it's always a battle at the checkout. So, any tips for for how to uh, to help our kids understand that hey, we just can't buy everything there at the checkout? Right, and. So what I do is I picked up a green card or it's a green light card for both of my kids. Um, you know, they're at the age where they're, um, you know, learning to learning about spending and, um, and saving their own money. So I, I picked up a green light card and it's just like an allowance card. So, so when they get their allowance every week, I just put uh, $5 on their card and, <clears throat> And you could put like 10% into their savings. So so that helps me out a lot. And if they want to purchase, you know, do those impulse buying, you know, at the checkout, then it's on them. They have to pay for it. And I just tell them, you know, well, if you want a new, you know, baseball glove, if you want a new baseball bat or, you know, new cleats, then you have to buy it yourself. So and that and that helps me out in the long run. That's helpful, Carrie. So these green light cards, is this like a a prepaid debit card for children then? Yep. And so like like you just do the deposits, uh, you know, from your checking or or your savings, and then you just put it on there and do, you can either do an auto pay or, 
you put your uh, your chores on there. So so each one of my kids have a chore list, and you know the days that they have have to do dishes or vacuum or sweep, those go on there. You know, like the daily chores, and then you also have like the you know like the extra chores, like you know pick up after your dogs or you know mowing the lawn. And they'll get an extra um, for it. that, and then they just got it. Um, okay, and say, okay, yeah, we did that sounds, short, so then it adds up. Yeah, that sounds super, super helpful. I'm gonna check that out myself. Summer, I want to ask you. You know, the big, the big topic this summer, the big hit movie, Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen it yet, Summer? Uh, no, because Great Falls. I don't know if you even have a working movie theater right now, so I'd have to drive <laughs> okay. to Helena. Okay. Well, I want to ask you because that movie, a lot of people are going back to the theater to watch it. But, you know, movie prices, they were expensive before the pandemic. They're still expensive. Popcorn, candy, sodas, all that stuff. It just, I mean, it, it can just about wipe out a paycheck to take a family to the theater. But, geez, people want to go out. They want to see this new movie. Any tips for how we can save a little bit of money at the theater? Oh, that is a really tough one because the theater has always been rather outrageously priced, especially when it comes to the concessions. So if you are going to go to a movie, uh, knowing that far and away the largest cost is, I mean, where the movie theaters make the money and where the largest cost is, isn't the concession stand, is plan to have a meal before you go. Uh, this can be a chance to try to eat out, maybe find a place where you can split a meal or something you can get a larger meal um, that can be either split for leftovers for later or can be shared with the family. But don't go into the theater hungry. It's just like you don't want to go grocery shopping when you're hungry. You don't want to go and look at $12 box of popcorn and say, wow, that sounds like a good idea. So if you can focus more of your money on the tickets and minimize how much you get at the concession stand, and especially if you can go at like matinee times or times that are not peak attendance and therefore peak price, you can manage to get down to something that's probably more affordable. Summer, the trick I used to use back in the day was was the backpack, and you, you'd stock up on your own snacks and sodas, and you'd just kind of casually <laughs> waltz into the theater and hope nobody was paying too much attention. Uh, what do you think about that trick? Um, I think you're going to get caught if you're doing a backpack. I might have been known to put like a box of something in a pocket of my jeans. So it, it kind of depends on how closely you're being watched in the theater. But I would certainly argue that theaters are going to frown upon that practice. <laughs> okay. They probably will, for sure. Cora May, um, a lot of folks, especially in more remote communities, they do a lot of streaming. That's how they get their content. That's how they watch movies. Cormay, any tips for, for how folks can save a little money? Because those streaming costs, they can really add up every month, too. Yeah, I guess I'd, I'm probably not a good one to answer that one. I don't do a lot of that myself, but I know that my kids probably do. Um I just pick a, a network and I stick, or I mean a, a provider and I stick with it. I don't have all of those streaming things available, so I'm not really sure how much they cost. I know they cost money, but I, I would say that it's still cheaper probably than going to a movie or going out of town to a movie like we have to here most of the time. We have, we have a theater now, but um, it just depends on how many days it's open or whatever, so... 
Are you um, folks showing Top Gun I, Maverick up there, Cormier? They already did, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was wow. here. Yeah, right. it was. Did you get a chance to see it? Get some good ones. No, I did not. I haven't been to a theater for years. <laughs> <laughs> I wait till it comes out on TV or out on DVD. <laughs> I have not been to a theater for a long time. Well, Cora May, any other words of wisdom, tips, insights for hardworking Native families that are, are just trying to get by right now during this tough time? We're coming out of the pandemic. Prices are high. Inflation is high. What do, what do we, what can we do? Help us out. Sunny said that. Sunny said that. I think uh, I really need to back that up is going to the grocery store hungry is one of the worst things that you can do because it just, um, it's going to increase your, your amount that you buy by so much because you're hungry and you think everything looks good. The other part of that is I recommend that you should shop Prepare a meal plan for at least five to seven days and then shop for those groceries. Because if you go to the grocery store every day for a meal that you're going to prepare, you're going to pick up extra stuff every day when you go. So try to do it as a meal plan and and do it for a week or so. Also, then watch for your sales. That's the best way right now. I think, you know, watching your meat is, is one of the big things right now, I think. Uh, chicken was extremely high. I think it's gone down a little bit. Pork was probably the best buy at the time. Fish, eggs, cheeses. Eggs aren't that cheap either, but there those are all things that have protein just like meat, so you can substitute. Well, we have a comment from a listener. They connected with us on Twitter, and their tip is to rent movies from the library. And I think you can run them for free if you go to a local library, if you have a card. And a lot of libraries have a really good selection. I know the one where I live has a ton of movies. I've learned uh, a lot of recipes. They call for a pound of ground beef. Just cut that in half. Use a half pound. Tastes just as good. And it's probably a little healthier that way, too. Well, we've reached the end of the hour. Sunny, Summer, Carrie, and Cora May, I really appreciate y'all coming on the show today and sharing all kinds of money tips and resources. If anyone has any additional questions or comments about managing money, the discussion continues online on Facebook at Native America Calling or Twitter at one 800 native Join us tomorrow for a show about colors, the meaning behind certain colors and traditional uses of color. I'm Sean Spruce. Have a great rest of your day. Support by the Facundo Valdez School of Social Work at Highlands University, now offering the opportunity to earn a culturally relevant, clinical, Master of Social Work degree without leaving your own community. This online MSW degree focuses on a small, supportive model with a clinical concentration. Students in rural areas, tribal communities, and or who live far from campus are given preference. Application can be made in three easy steps. More info and application at online.nmhu.edu. First baby, don't know where to start? CMS programs cover prenatal services. Enroll today. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Elahqua.
Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.